Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. I am Andrew Ryan, and I'm here to ask you a question. Come on down to Rapture Jam a needle in your arm It'll slowly corrode your genetical code But it's all part of the charm So you're a gross abomination Welcome to Flame On, I'm Brian the Bear I'm here with my boyfriend, Pat Who is preoccupied somewhat at the moment Take that for what you want. Uh, let's see. Uh, going in a clockwise motion, which I always screw up, we have a bunch of guests with us here. We have Austin. Hello. Adam. Hey, guys. Other Adam. Hello, hello. And BJ. What's up? We are all gathered here today to discuss video games and board games, pretty much gaming in the general context. And we are all also members of the Orlando Gay Geek Group. Uh, started about two years ago, I think. Is that right? Has it been that long? Adam's the founder, one of the founding members, right? You and Ben. And, yeah, me and Ben. And Joshua, formerly the question. Two-ish years, sound right? God, it doesn't seem that long, but yeah, that's right. Yeah, because I first became aware of them through Joshua, and we actually went, I think, to one of their first things at the Geek Easy, uh, and it was... There was like a book club that he was doing, but then I think it became the Gay Geek Group. Anyway, long story short, it was actually original Orlando Gamers. Right. And we have since expanded it to be more of a geek-inclusive culture uh, group on Facebook for local Orlando-based gay geeks. Now, of course, Flame On is not just local, but if you are ever visiting the Orlando area or you live in and around the Orlando area and you did not know about our, us, you can find us on Facebook and check out all the things we're doing. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, but we are going to gather today about gaming. It's a roundtable discussion about all things. We have already had some great discussions about gaming that you've unfortunately missed because the microphones were not uh, up and running. Uh, but we will try to regurgitate that here, too. We also have our pod dog, Havoc, here, who is, you know, basically wrecking Havoc, chewing on microphone cables. Tasting us. Tasting us. Yeah, he's he's a handful, as, as you have probably heard in previous shows. 
let's start the discussion. We were already actually having sort of this uh, this pondering of gay characters in video games and how many there were, and not just like the NPCs that you can sleep with, like you know, in, in Dragon Age. Although that is, I guess, technically with the newest Dragon Age. Actually, even the first Dragon Age, there was uh, characters that were gay only, I believe, right? Yeah, I think in the second one was the first time you could actually have a relationship with one of your companions in yes. the Dragon Age. But in the newest one, in Inquisition, uh, it seems like, I'm not that far into it, but it seems like all characters are fair game for all kinds of romance options, which is really not only great to see them answering the community's call for that, but also, I think, helps strengthen the game's storyline. I mean, you want a game that pretty much anyone can feel is inclusive of their orientation and reality, you know, whatever. I mean, that that's the ideal. And yeah. of course, up until recently, that wasn't really possible because that would take a lot of permutations. And now, finally, we have this, like, Bioware. And that's actually one of their things they, they are pushing. You know, they're not trying to push an orientation or reality or anything. They're just giving you options. Yeah, it, it seems like it's more customizable. It's just, you know, like, I know a lot of girls who are like, oh, I'm going to play a guy and... Oh well, that guy's kind of hot. Well, I guess my my character's gonna have a husband now. And, you know, sort of. It's just you know you can kind of be whatever you want, right? Sort of thing, which isn't really you know you're, like you said, it's not an agenda based thing. It's more like a just kind of hmm, I haven't done this before. Let's. <laughs> I think in terms of console gaming, the first one that was memorable to me that would when you were playing as a point of view main character would be Fable Two. I, like I remember yes. picking out a husband. And going and getting the ring and bringing him back to the house, like, that was a huge moment in gaming for me. It was, uh, I, I want to say fa- the first Fable did have something like that. You could, um, yeah, you could have same-sex relationships in the first Fable. But they definitely expanded on it in the second and I believe, the third yeah. one, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, no, I absolutely, those kind of games are, are huge for that. Uh, Adam, you were saying Last of Us also has a actual, like, in-story. Yeah, The Last of Us, Ellie, um, in the DLC, the recent DLC, she was revealed to be lesbian. Um, I don't think that that's really ever happened before with, like, a, the main protagonist for a game um, as far as, you know, linear story-based games that don't give you a choice of who to play as. Right. I mean, you see in Mass Effect and The Sims and anything else, you know, you might get a choice, um, but this is the first time I've seen that they've said, here, the protagonist is gay. Hmm. I'm trying to think back, because, like, we go back now and sort of apply, like, a revisionist lens to certain games, and, you know, this is totally not really true, but, like, uh, Zangief from Street Fighter... Giant bear of a man, we all like to pretend was probably. <laughs> I think homosexual. we all just wish that was true. Um, I don't know. I'd maybe go for E Honda's hand abilities. Well, <laughs> from a practical perspective, yes. Uh, <laughs> or some of Chun Li's poses. Maybe. Um, I wish I had her legs. But they actually, in the Japanese uh, gaming, they have been making a sexually ambiguous and gender ambiguous characters for far, far longer. Than even like they did like console games where and I, and I wish I had like my hot cheat sheet in front of me, um, but they absolutely had games like that. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, like especially JRPGs, you've got like Kuja oh. in Final Fantasy Nine, who you know they're not going to say. No, I mean, this no. was way back, so they're not going to say. Oh, he's gay, but I mean, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Naoto from Persona Four was like you know, it's a woman dressed like a guy. 
And then, then there's like unresolved sexual identity issues with Kanji in Persona 4. So it's like very, it's a very fluid thing. And for the characters, they're in their high school age. Mm-hmm. So they're all kind of figuring out that whole identity, which works really well with the story. Right. So it's, but they're, but there's certain characters like they really don't care what you think the character is as yeah. long as hell. I I mean this has even come up recently. I think there was a BuzzFeed article or somewhere. Uh, Birdo, <laughs> and then and then and then later Toad and Toadette and how I mean Birdo was a at least cross dressing if not transgendered character, and they said in the book itself like it wasn't like they were like oh there's a sort of vaguely male looking character with a little uh, what, what did Birdo have like a a bow. A bow. But Pinko. no, in the manual, it said Birdo is a, a boy or whatever who likes to dress like a girl. I mean, it was very clear. Uh, Toadette, Nintendo has come out, or Toad rather, because there's, you know, if you've ever heard the Brental Floss uh, Toad, a song about Toad is gay, which is really funny, actually. Um, but then Nintendo has had to clarify because of Toadette, well, what is Toad's gender identity? And they're saying he doesn't have, or it, whatever. Toad does not have one. So they're very careful. To sort of put that there, even though they have Toadette now. So that's they're fungus. saying that about Birdo now. Oh, are they? He's so, genderless or... But I remember that manual because it stuck out to me at the time. Yeah, it said he likes yeah. to dress in girls' clothes. Likes to be yeah. pretty. Yeah. He could have been a drag queen. He could have whatever. I don't know. Um, that's funny. We have not had a character of it as a drag queen yet that I can think of. We, um, there's a... I don't know how well known this game is, but uh-huh. it's an old PlayStation game called God Hand. And it was kind of had a Western setting, and the battle system was wasn't difficult, mm-hmm. but it was kind of annoying. But the first two bosses were looked to be brothers, and they were very effeminate, and they wore like feather plumes, and they 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 like fought you in front of their stage. Oh, really? So it was. I, I don't know how they feel. They were the, probably the hardest boss battle I've probably ever had in my life because they killed me about twenty times. Yeah. Um. That's drag queens. But yeah, so I was like, I was like, I never want to run into this type of drag queen ever in my life because, but it, they were, it was very much unspoken that they were like the two strongest guys in the first stage area that you're in oh, and nice. you do not mess with them and for good reason. But so. it's an important distinction that it's been a shift off of transgender, gen, you know, cross-dressing drag queen, any of that being the villain characters into being an accepted Hero character, yeah. true character, or even just an ally character in the game, like it's been a very positive shift in the past maybe ten years or so. And I'm sure people will be happy to comment on many of the games that they've loved that we we aren't familiar with or forgetting right now. Oh, please do. I mean, <laughs> yeah, as an opportunity to mention it, if you are just listening to us on iTunes or SoundCloud or on our website or whatever, if you go to Facebook, if you go to Twitter, you know we are nothing but you know thrilled actually sometimes to get responses and we've had very few really negative ones and i'm not asking for them but i am saying that if you're interested in getting like you know sharing your opinion comment on the post you can't acknowledge um so um what else in gaming i know there is anyone familiar with the gamergate issue and 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 how women journalists were treated and uh, Um, about that i'm somewhat familiar with it um i'm going to be as neutral as possible um a lot of people say the Gamergate thing is kind of for fairness in gaming reviews. Personally, you really don't have to worry about big corporations being involved in gaming reviews because there's a lot of user-generated content as far as reviews go. 
Um, I actually don't get a gaming magazine for the reviews. I actually get it for the previews of games, upcoming games. Um, but and then there's other people that say that it's it was started based on. Um, was it like a, a, a jealous ex boyfriend? I think kind right? of. It was a girl a jilted got, lover. A girl got a game published. And it got good reviews because, like, she slept with uh, one of the reviewers or one of the oh, reviewers was her current boyfriend. And then I'm like, I, I really and w- am not involved with it whatsoever. I so. think from wherever it started, it has become this weird cultural look at gaming journalism. Like you said, some, some people out there, I think, genuinely feel like that is important and they're talking about it. The other side of it is... These people just like slut shaming and and posting yes. personal information of these female journalists and female game makers, and like completely, uh, just completely taking this 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 situation and making it so much worse. Yeah. I think we can agree that as a community that has faced repression, oppression, that that intimidating women or violence or attacks against women is an unacceptable way to create change. I, th- I think there's no argument there. And yeah. That's about my only opinion on Gamergate is that took a really terrible turn for the community. Yeah, and, and I, it, it didn't really get too far into the uh, transgender and, and queer communities as much, but it certainly is something that, you know, it felt familiar. It felt like there was a level of harassment in and around gaming, which we all could agree is a fairly male-centric community and these these women gamers out there of which there's probably way more than anyone would ever expect but that they were then being sort of in some ways harassed or or criticized Uh, like felicia day she was um she was supposed to give a talk um somewhere and she expressed her opinions on gamergate which she was not happy about and they they had she canceled her talk because she had death threats and they had a couple people cancel yeah cute at all (laughs) like what it's felicia day she's like Amazing, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't hear about Felicia, but I know that there's been a couple problems like that, and it just it's bad for the whole community. I I feel like it's on the decline, like the story's faded out, and never. Yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't flare flare back up again. But talking about females and gaming and and gay characters, I wanted to jump back to that just for one point. In that, um, it is a game. The uh, Avatar Korra game that came out that was Bayonetta Studios, whatever that studio's name is. They did it's it Platinum at, Games. Platinum. They uh, they released a, a pretty short game. People weren't very happy about the length of it, but recently that series wrapped up on Nintendo or on Nintendo on Nickelodeon, and uh, the character was very unambiguously in a lesbian partnership at the end of the in the final scene. And they've commented to say, you know, interpret that as you will, but we think you can interpret this pretty clearly. So, yeah. I mean, it ties Loved into gaming it. a bit. It, yeah, and it was Korra really pretty... Sami? Is that, that... Am I saying that right? Yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. I don't watch Korra. I know enough to go, oh, okay, that's the main character, and then I guess that's her girlfriend. But, I mean, just the final image that I saw, I took that away, and I guess some people were still kind of like, huh? No, yeah. the writers did come out and say, yeah. this is what we meant. They're in a romantic relationship. And I wonder, I mean, I'm guessing that was, and I think they even said that has been an ongoing thing they were laying the groundwork for. But I know that Nickelodeon, was it Nickelodeon? That they pushed them to a web-based platform. And I'm now wondering if it had anything to do with that. Like, they knew sort of the direction it was going, and they just weren't ready to have that on there now. I don't know. I'm just, you know. They were were pretty... uh, 
somebody um, since I'm I, I practically live on Tumblr. Um, oh somebody uh, mentioned on an article that like you know oh this kind of came out of left field and they literally put everything from like season one their character interactions from season one all the way till the end of the series and it is kind of, it, it's it's like a normal. It, it's like a normal relationship developing, mm-hmm. like, at, and you can see where it can kind of it kind of takes that turn. Yeah, like um, I'm no spoilers or anything, but Cora communicates far easier with her at a certain point in the series, and I'm like, I would not be doing that. I would not be doing that with any of my friends. Like, I wouldn't just be like sending them letters and stuff like that. I'd text him maybe and call. So it a she day. definitely goes into the gay protagonist. Hero main category. Sure, no, yeah. definitely. We'll, we'll talk her up to that. Um, we before uh, Jared has joined us. Say hi, Jared. I mean, you already said something. Hi. Um, there it is. The uh, we were talking about gay characters in in video games, and we we kind of covered a few of the more common examples, and we touched back on the ambiguous Japanese stuff. Can you think of any characters that you've encountered over the years that you really gravitated towards? That, uh. There's a list of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. We know. The uh, internets have tons of lists of them. <laughs> Go find that and come back for us now. Um, I can't think of anyone. We, of course, mentioned the ones we wanted to be gay, like Zangief. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not you as much. but Yes, yes. Um, I, I, I was also, so those of you who don't know, Jared uh, actually just graduated from the Florida Interactive Education. No. Interactive Entertainment Academy. Thank you. Fire. And uh, it's a video game academy affiliated with EA and UCF here in Orlando. And I'm sure you had uh, women in your cohorts. Um, were there any projects that you saw that explored uh, any, like, you know, either... I don't think you would have told... I don't remember you told me about any queer issues in, in gaming, but... There was actually that the STD game that you guys yes, were... Yes, uh, we, we Not did. that this is a queer culture <laughs> issue, but in, in the semantic map that is my brain, that was like one neuron over. So, yeah, I mean, oh. were there any other, like, strong uh, female role characters or anything like that that stands out from what you saw from your, your fellow creators? Um, well, it was, uh, it was interesting just from analyzing my classmates... A lot of them weren't particularly girly girls. They were, as as I would call them, lady bros. Lady bros, I and love that. I, I would I would equate that to the the gamer mentality, where it's it's not so much masculine, but it's just it's it's something that's not a uh, like a homemaker or some sort of nurturing. Um, uh, <laughs> I totally understand where you're going. It's a spirit of competition. Not delicate. Going. Yes, or? not delicate. <laughs> Yeah. I think competitive is maybe the best word you're <clears throat> yeah. arriving at there yeah. at the end. Yeah. Don't want to alienate any listeners from that. It's, it's okay. He just means people I, who are competitive in gaming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But did you see any projects though that sort of you could see them going that direction? Okay. No, um, you know, other than the project I worked on. We'll was, talk a little bit about that because I know we talked about it way back. Uh, but I mean, refresh our listeners. It's through. not published, so you know, it's not anyone can play it. Yeah. But, um, we um, participated in a contest funded by the CDC where we were to educate people about safe sex practices and um, you know, as put 
down by guidelines by the CDC. So we took that information and we try to translate it into a dating sim where you were <laughs> able to choose you know any partner you like um, you know regardless of your gender and um, you know you went through a series of mini games whenever you tried to prove some sort of sexual contact so did it have a part of the game where you actually <clears throat> Slipping on the prophylactic, or oh yes, uh, oh good, we, we did good. that with fruit, not actual oh, stuff. Oh, Symbolism, yes. fruit yeah, covers, yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> CDC <laughs> recommends fruit covers, call. <clears throat> so, and it's not published, but I know it got a lot of attention. I believe at the time, and mm. uh, it's there somewhere. Maybe someday it'll maybe, sneak out on maybe. Steam or Android Market. Um, what uh, do we want to see? What? So we are all gamers. Uh, we haven't really laid down much of our, like, you know, what are our favorites or all that. But what, given what we like in gaming, would we like to see that would be either more representative of our own lives or more forward in queer culture? I mentioned, and this just you know, occurred to me, having a drag queen as a protagonist in some game. And I know RuPaul has her Dragopolis or whatever that game is that I've never tried, but I've heard is like one of these casual gamer type things. But, like, you know, what, what would we want to see along, along, along those lines? I would say looking at more homosexual relationships in a common context instead of these, for lack of a better term, um, caricatures, where you, you have your... Um, I hate to be quoting uh, other literature out there, but just, um, you know, you have your privileged whiter, um, richer, you know, gay male character, but, you know, there aren't any other re- representations out there, so having... Yeah, everybody's pretty fit. And yes, yes. Fit and Grecian, very Caucasian. Just like yeah. real life, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am not fit nor Caucasian. Yeah. <laughs> I so, wouldn't give myself a fitness either. <laughs> so more of an accurate, real not realistic, but more of a common representation that kind yeah. of cuts across all socioeconomic and, and um, race and all that. Okay. And 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 you said relationships, so you actually want to see like kind of like Bioshock. We're talking about Bioshock, um, uh, Last of Us, Dragon Age, Dragon Age, okay. But Last of Us, well, where the the characters are that orientation, you get to see some of their relationships and and sort of that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, What else? I'd like to see that being an option in Half Life Three, maybe. (gasps) Oh, Gordon, well, you know, go ahead and tag that on your podcast. I, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I, would, I would like to actually cosplay as Gordon Freeman at some point. I have been told I, there was a time, maybe not since I gained like 50 pounds, but I could I could maybe pull that off. So yeah, I, think I could see be, that. Definitely. That'd be fantastic. I would really, really enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe a Valve character. That, that would be kind of fun. Uh, I'm stuck in Pokemon Y right now, but I've heard the new ones have you encounter characters that people are, you know, fan arting left and right as being a gay couple. Oh. Does anybody know who I'm talking about? Yes. Uh, do you remember the, names? The, I don't know what the names I, are. I can't remember. It's the leader of like Team Magma and the leader of yeah, Team uh, Aqua. Yeah. If you find this on Tumblr, so much fan art. Please retweet or tag us or do, do whatever you can to get our attention. Oh, it's not going to be hard at all. Because uh, I would like to see that. And not that I'm a so big Pokemon much. fan, but I, I am also on Tumblr a lot. And <laughs> that would entertain me. Um, so specifically Pokemon type uh. well yeah I, I just feel like the more family oriented games that are normalizing like like Jared was saying not the stereotypes uh, that are normalizing gay characters appearances that are portraying realistic characters 
that's all for the better. And it, it just it's more that general acceptance coming through. But our video games are an export out of the United States that reach so many more countries where things might be great here, but um, oh, yeah. may not practice the same level of inclusiveness and freedom to express oneself. I like it. Um, I'd like to see like a triple A game where the main character just happens to be gay. You know, we've all been playing as straight characters our whole lives. And I think it'd be nice if everybody else got to step into somebody else's shoes. Right. And you came right out the gate like, yeah, like I'm going to go take these flowers to my boyfriends and then all of a sudden aliens attack. Like, what if like you made Infamous and Cole McGrath just happened to be gay? Oh, yeah, right. Solid yeah. Snake. Just you find out halfway through when you meet his boyfriend. Well, it's kind of like Metroid, that moment at the end when you realize that you've been playing as a woman that whole time. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a meaningful moment when you go, oh. Oh. Because you have to sort of buy in, you know, with whatever, and then you get that moment, you know, somewhere during the game. Mm-hmm. And I like that. And it's kind of treated as a by the way exactly. sort of thing. Like, oh, my, uh, I don't know if anybody's seen Paranorman, but like the part with the football player, uh, if anybody, exactly I don't want to... I'm I'm I have a bad habit of spoiling, so I won't spoil it. But like, <laughs> we've already spoiled so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think usually these these kind of podcasts are spoiler alerts. I mean, people don't always say it, but anyway, yeah. So yeah. so there's a football player but the, but the come fo- out or something. Uh, the full like the uh, one of the characters is constantly trying <clears throat> to date him and flirt with him and everything, and then like at the very very end, she's like, oh, I want. I want to see a movie sometime. Well, like a chick flick? And he's like, oh, yeah, I think that would be great. He's like, my boyfriend loves them. And then just kind of cuts away where she's like, well, I just wasted a whole two hours trying to date you. Like, Got it. Nice. Like, and, and you really don't think of you – and you realize by that point in the movie, you're like, oh, I, I really don't – it's kind of a non sequitur. It's like not really a, a big deal at that point because you've already invested so much into the characters. Right. So – I think I, it would be it would be kind of nice to see a video game do that. I feel like the community's been providing some of the stuff we'd like to see, like um, you know, community content for Skyrim, for example. Yep. You know, provides a lot of of add on gay character stories or, or Weapon. options. <laughs> Weapons? Oh my! The dildo sword. <laughs> yep. Oh, okay. But it would be really fun it, to see games like that with. And and I'm sure that I'm doing a disservice by not mentioning ones that I've already played, but games that have stories of backstories of, you know, they were same-gender couples and they lost a spouse, or they were separated because of the great cataclysm and we want to get back to our lover. I was playing, again, back to Dragon Age, and uh, you can get an agent for the Inquisition if you use the right storyline options, who... what she that the rogue mage dies that she was having a picnic with and she's like oh I don't know she must have just died and you question her enough and she's like yeah we were totally having a romantic picnic and I'm a lesbian don't tell anybody and it's like no you don't need to hide that come work for us we're totally cool so I like that those are those that are showing kinda, up that is kind of cool yeah but Bioware is I mean they just demonstrated such a good habit of doing that now it's, it is a given almost Although then when there's not something that they want, people freak out and go crazy. I mean, that's the flip side of that is you develop expectations and then you don't always meet them. And, um, all right. So that's a lot of gaming stuff. Let's, let's do the obligatory. Like, what are we playing right now? Uh, I have been playing Shadow of Mordor a lot. I just got it from the Steam sale, so that's why I'm coming a little late to the party. Um, 
but I love it. It's beautiful. I play it on my computer on Steam, and I I got my little big TV thing set up, and it, it just feels like a great video game experience. If you haven't played it, it's sort of like I guess sort of it got a little bit of Batman Arkham Asylum-y sort of elements, and it's got um, I'm sure a bunch of other games that people have played that I'm not familiar with, but it del it delves deep into the Lord of the Rings mythology that I also love. And you're uh, you're a ranger, and he's like possessed from a, with a wraith. So you go into this like ninja mode, which is basically your wraith that's attached to you, and you get to see everything in like you know black and white and see see things far away. And it basically puts you right outside the Black Gate at Mordor. So you're like constantly running around, stealthily killing Urukai and and collecting artifacts and all this Lord of the Rings stuff. Um, and I won't. There, there are some characters from the movies that you do encounter, at least one so far. Um, and then, of course, Sorrow. Sor- God, my brains. Thank you, Saruman. Uh, uh, you know, at least in passing, if not, maybe eventually we fight him. But anyway, I, I really enjoyed it. So uh, that's what I've been playing mostly. Uh, let's just go. Um, we'll go clockwise again. Uh, I've been playing Kingdom Hearts 2.5 because it Ooh, just came out. So yes. that's been a lot of fun. Uh, I keep trying to dabble in Destiny. I just still can't get that far into it. And then playing Warlords of Draenor, which is awesome and amazing. So that's that's WoW, right? Yeah. Okay. It's playing with the uh, Tank Guild over on Proudmoore. So that's been a lot of fun too. Yeah. It's made the game more interesting. I've heard so many people coming back to World of Warcraft now who I think were back when the pandas happened and then they kind of drifted away again quickly. Yeah. But this seems to be really recapturing that love of the game. Yeah, they really redid a lot of the pieces of it, and they took out a lot of what people hated about Mists of Pandaria and brought in a lot of really enticing things. And it's been it's been really solid so far. A lot of people have stayed with it longer. Because I know when I did uh, Mists of Pandaria, I stayed around for like a couple weeks, and I was like, all right, I'm good. But no, World has me really entrenched in it. It's good. Cool. Some of the games I've been playing lately... Um, our old staples I've been putting time into Minecraft it's oh. a favorite of mine not much for story but lots of creativity mm-hmm. but I also translated that over to the new Disney Infinity 2.0 with the Marvel characters <laughs> nice. which is so below my age demographic yeah, you know. and it's so much fun so I've liked that don't um, worry too much about it my roommate plays it all the time oh the char- as soon as I could buy Captain America I was sold on it I, <laughs> I'm I'm mixed about it because like it sounds like it's fun I played Skylanders a little bit so I know kind of the idea but like I just like the amiibos have come out of course I'm pointing with my hand no one can see on the radio here uh, I have a few of them none of the rare ones where we should have when those damn things came out of course we're all kicking ourselves now as they go for like 40 50 bucks on eBay but um, I like the Amiibo platform more than the Marvel one for now because, uh, you know, the Marvel platform uh, you, or the Disney platform, Disney Infinity, you only can play in those games, which seems, I mean, it makes sense because that's not, uh, it's platform independent, right? Right, right. So you can use the same guy on different platforms, which is an advantage too. Uh, but the Mar- the Nintendo ones were brilliant because they're a similar idea, but you can use them across as many games as support them. Yeah, and if anybody's familiar with these figurine collectible games that we've just mentioned, Skylander and Infinity and now the new Amiibos. Those first two I mentioned had a USB platform that you would plug into your console or your PC, and the new Amiibos sit right on the Wii U tablet controller to connect to the to the Yeah, it's like an NFC reader sitting right there on the thing. So they have like these NFC chips. So it's obviously been planned for the entire console line yeah. because they put it right into the controller to be able to read which I think is 
just so smart. We, it, we could see a lot more coming out of these. Yeah, and, and again, it's a, it's a platform option, so anyone can buy it. But I am curious about these the, the Marvel slash Disney one because now that Marvel is part of it. Like, the Disney one was kind of cool. Just Disney characters. I'm I'm a moderate Disney nerd. I like some stuff. No, I'm not crazy. It was like cute. Some. Yeah. It was yeah. it was it, cute. But when they announced the Marvel edition, your everybody just blew up and, well, I'll yeah. bring it over. You can borrow it. Okay, It'll cool. be fun. That's, but that's I've what also I feel been, like. It'd also be been fun. in Shadows of Mordor and yeah. uh, Dragon Age Inquisition have been the two AAA titles recently that have really, been really fun. I really want to play Dragon Age, but it's like I'm waiting for it to go on that sale that that Mordor <laughs> went on. I got the disc. You can borrow that one too. Steam free weekend. Support your gamer friends. Yeah, Loan your exactly. discs. <laughs> Jared, are you playing uh, anything now that you're uh, not in school? Oh, no. Seasonal affect disorder. I can't even speak today. Uh, seasonal affect disorder. There we go. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, it, it is the season, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I finished Dragon's Crown. Um, still haven't touched Dragon Age since I got it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Knowing the EA people. <laughs> um I've been uh, playing hours and hours of Diablo 3 um, with on the PS4 because um, it has great local co-op, so me and my boyfriend can play it together. Oh, cool. Um, it kind of annoys me how many games come out and they're like, oh, one player local, four players online. I'm like, well, why can't you make two players local? Yeah. I just like, you know, we play a lot of games, so I'd like to play everything. We thought about just putting another TV above the first one and <laughs> hooking up two consoles just so we can play together. I mean, that's it, what some friends of mine did for Destiny. Did you really? They yeah. they did. They went out and got one got the the PS4. Do I know and, these friends, by the way? Um, yeah, I think so. It's not it's not Mike and Lauren. No, it's not oh, Mike okay. and Lauren. No, it's Adrian and Bailey. Oh, oh, um, oh, yeah, I know them too. So they they went out and got like one PS4, and I think it was I think it may have been my uh, my buddy Hadrian. And he was just like he was like I, I kind of want to play with with Bailey. So then he just went out and got Bailey one for like his birthday. And I was I was like, well, it's nice to have that much disposable income. I wish. <laughs> yeah, developers, we want to play with our friends on the same couch, not buying two consoles, please. Well, and this is this used to be the norm, right? Yeah, absolutely. Way back, Nintendo, Sega, you know, uh, Dreamcast, uh, whatever else. Dreamcast. Yes, yeah, PS- PS1. Yeah. Game of Two controllers. You didn't PS4. have internet. All you had was local co-op. And you had one console and you split the screen. And then the internet happened, and I was like, oh, well, now I don't have to deal with this crap anymore. Yeah, I think part of it is, uh, part of the constraints, and Jared might be able to speak to that more, is that in the developing, you know, you're you're using, you've got these amazing graphics, and then to have to render that for yes. two different points of view is really putting a strain on the consoles, but absolutely, that's no, I, the I, uh, PC master race coming out. Well, the, um, was it a PlayStation 3? put out that um they put out a, it was a couple of games and it was like simul view where it was literally both screens were overlaid so if you're looking at it without the oh, weird without their if you're looking at it it looks like just two two games playing at the same time on the same screen but the interesting thing was is Sony has these like $20 3D glasses and you and they're um they're like the active 3D glasses, so they have like a little button. But you hit the button, and it separates out your screen Whoa. with theirs. 
which I both love and hate because when I would play a first-person shooter like GoldenEye or something classic like that, I would always watch the other person's screen to figure out where they are. Yeah, even on Steam, you can. there's a game that is that, so it's a really? screen watch. And I'm yeah. not, I haven't played it, but it, somehow you have to watch the other player's screen in order Crazy. to, to shoot them. Crazy, I've never heard of that. I, like, but as far as playing together, I, I'm not buying that they can't do that <laughs> unless it's a first-person shooter. Because I... Right. I Somehow Blizzard has implemented it in Diablo perfectly. It's it's not that they can't, but it does tap the attacks the 3D hardware to render multiple scenes and have that. But you can do it. A and lot there of are many games. The cameras there, so. just zoom out. Like right. Diablo, the camera zooms out to make right. for both characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not displaying the way the know, two Dungeon games. Siege doesn't. <laughs> if you play yeah, that one. that's right. I remember that. Oh it was gosh, awful. Dungeon Siege, but. Uh, we were just playing uh, Marvel Lego before the podcast started, mm-hmm. and that is a perfect example of two players can you can second seat hops in, somebody yep. can get up, walk away, somebody else can grab the controller. The Lego games are great for that. So if you're looking for two player games to play with your boyfriend, the Lego I think one Sonic Two had awesome. did a good job of it too back in the day. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You just pick up second controller and you're controlling Tails, who has unlimited lives, <laughs> so you don't even have to worry about them. But I feel like that's also a big thing with casual gaming, right? Like Super Smash, you can have up to eight players now. Like uh-huh. I feel like a lot of more casual gamings allow for that and like that type of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like Diablo, I'm surprised that you can't do. Well, Diablo, you can though, right? Two, yeah, two the same thing. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's like those games where you only have one screen that you can play on are the ones that do it for that. But first-person shooters, it's so difficult now because the, the game maps are so much bigger. Right. So if you were to have a smaller screen in any way, it's going to be so difficult to even try to play. You add those heads-up displays, and they go from like a giant you know, circle to a tiny little dot. You're like, oh, this isn't going to Because I mean, like Call of Duty does allow that. They do allow split-screen co-op and stuff like that. Um, okay. I just remember mm. playing GoldenEye for hours. <laughs> Don't try playing that. Proximity <laughs> mines only. I, I almost bought the. They did a remake, I think, and I and I, I read a few articles ahead of it, and I was like, oh, maybe I won't. Yeah, it's you just can't go back. No. Yeah, no, going back to those pixels, like even Final Fantasy VII now, trying to replay, like they're going to re-release that, but I'm like, oh, that looks awful. Rather not. <laughs> yeah, I thought that they were going to redo the graphics, but it looks nope. like they're just it's the PC version. Everyone thought much. they were going to redo it. And I there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Really the PC upset. version, and it was okay at the time, but no, not now. Yeah, no. Has anybody played any of the old, like, I don't know if you guys were around for this originally, but the good old games, they have, the website, they have, like, the old Sierra Online games, they have, like, Wing Commander. I played those. I got, a, 
I got to give credit to them. They released Alpha Centauri, Sid oh, Meier's Alpha Centauri, yes. which is oh a civilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, it Pre- wasn't a reskin. It was it was its own independent game. Yeah. But right when oh, Endless Earth, I think I'm getting it wrong. Beyond Earth, what is the? There's a new. Yeah, I almost one. want it too. Uh, it's like the Civ Five space game. Yeah, exactly. and people were not too thrilled with it. I, if you're listening, you love it. Tell us about it. Tell us why. Yeah, please. Uh, but. Good old games, GOG.com, I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, put out Alpha Centauri for like five bucks the same day that that released. And man, <laughs> comparing the two, I really like the original well, Alpha Centauri. And what I love about good old games is it's like Steam to a point, but then you own the games. You don't have to be online ever again. You can take that with you on a disc, it's yours. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. And at this point, even your Chromebook can run any game that they sell. Oh, wow. I well, think about that. You'd have to. Hmm. Jailbreak the Chromebook. Yeah. Chrome OS can't. Yeah. But I'm saying most... They don't require a lot of gravity. Yeah, they're, they're not that intensive on the CPU. But I mean, of the era of, let's say, early like 8-bit and PC and all that, or were there any games that stood out to you that were just like, oh my god, if they just made this game today with today's technology, it would be amazing. The one I will put out there, uh, and you can take your choice here, X-Wing or TIE Fighter, which are both uh, on GOG now. They are now. on GOG, yeah. but I want to see a complete retextured, like, modern... Because the gameplay was amazing. I mean, you had... It was not a Rails-based sim. It was free fly anywhere you want. You had Death Stars. You had Star Destroyers. I mean, it looked, at the time, awesome. You look at it now, and it's these flat polygon yeah. bullshit. You're just, you, it wouldn't work. But, I mean, are there any games like that you guys have gone back or you remember playing years ago that you just really would love to see Reborn? I thought I would love to see Bionic Commando Reborn. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Well, wait, did you like... Okay, so let's talk about that real quick. Did you like... Did you not like the the new 3D whatever one or did you not like when they did the uh, sort of the remaster... No, it's like 2.5D. I, I was okay with. The, okay. I thought, oh, this is going to translate to 3D. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was awkward. Right, I right. did enjoy parts of it, and then the music was decent. But, yeah, no, it was awful. I have a friend who swears by, I think it's System Shock 2. It's an yes. old PC yes. game. And so I tried it, and I couldn't get past the antiquated control system. Mm-hmm. Like, I it probably was amazing, but now I'm just so spoiled with modern. So I would like to see that story completely the same redone with a new control scheme because apparently it's one of the best ever and I just can't get through it now. This is the same people who did uh, Bioshock, I believe. Uh, some of the same yes, people, of actually, course. Yeah, it's- and so from what I've heard, some of the story elements have bled into the later stuff. And, and Bioshock, I mean, that was... And Bioshock Infinite, those were my amazing... Some of my favorite modern games. Um, so I actually would like to play that as well, but now I'm scared of the controls. I'm currently playing Persona Q on my DS. Absolutely obsessed with it. You got like it. the Fancy Pants edition of that, um, didn't you? Oh yeah, I got the full. I got the full edition of it. It came with um, the second set of tarot cards, um, which leads into the other game I'm playing, which is Persona Four Arena Ultimax, which is the fighting game um, version of Persona Four. It's like a continuation of the story from Persona Four, um, except it's done in a fighting game element, which is done by the same people that did uh, Guilty Gear. And the cool thing about the fighting game is it perfectly. I didn't know you could blend RPG elements and fighting elements into a game. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you can. 
Um, and it's it's actually the control scheme's really really interesting, and uh, it's a lot of fun. The characters are well, uh, the characters are significantly more better balanced in Ultimax um, than just Persona Four Arena. Um, and I'm also playing uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.5. Absolutely obsessed with it. Um, for those of you listening, do not take Critical Mode lightly. Oh, um, yeah. the, they, smack you all around. They it. They updated one of the chief complaints they had with Kingdom Hearts 2 um, was that once you level up your forms, your special forms and everything, the game's just a breeze. Uh So um, they gave people more difficulty in spades um, where if you pick critical mode, you actually get like 50 abilities right off the bat because it's that hard. Oh, wow. I think I'm level 75 and my hit points are only uh, max. My hit points are 70. Jesus. So... It is no, it is no joke, um, but it's tons of fun. But it looks great, I'm sure. Now it's beautiful. I did play. I have the first remix they did, and it mm-hmm. looks amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not like the Final Fantasy VII redo. It's no. it's like it's, they really. No, it looks fantastic. They, yeah. You, they a lot of love went into it. Um, and uh, I'm also I just got a PS4, so I was kind of desperate to play a game on it because uh, <laughs> right now I just moved all my streaming stuff to it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I don't have to wait for Hulu to load. Um, it's uh I've been playing Transistor. Oh, how is, is that? It's kind of like a little baby game. Um, oh, but it's it's makers wait, of Bastion. How do you mean little baby game? Like it's well, a short game it's or a, it's for it's children? A, it's a shorter game. It's definitely not a baby game. Uh, for, it's for like kids. a sci-fi sort of. I yes. started it up and the music was incredible. Is I just it? paused it and listened to the sound is for a while. Fantastic! You can actually uh, hold down. I believe it's um, the left, um, the L one trigger and. She starts humming because uh, the character you play is a singer, oh. but she's lost her voice due to being attacked by assassins. Mm. So yeah, there's a whole there's a whole kind of secret society thing, and it's kind of a Tron element too, right? Like it's within a digital cityscape. It's like a fu- it's like a futuristic like the way technology works and everything. It's like it has it has a physical effect. Doesn't have an you. obnoxious narrator the whole time, like Bastion. The narrator obnoxious. Has such, I don't know about that. No, he has such a soothing voice. Oh yeah, I would listen to him read me the phone. Wait, book. which one, Bastion or, or Transistor? Transistor? Both. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I like. I loved Bastion's See, narrator. I liked the idea of it more than the execution. After a point, I just got tired of it. So. Well, in Transistor, it's a companion of some kind. I think like um, these. A yeah, present it's, character. It's essentially your weapon. Oh. You're, you're, you're the, the consciousness of somebody is inside the weapon, um, which functions. Um, it almost functions. I, I'm not a huge IT guy, um, so there's probably all these IT references I'm, I'm not getting with the game. The coolest thing about the game to me is you can equip everything to anything. So you like you have a basic slash attack. Um, you can equip that as like an armor slot, which will give you, which will essentially give you more hit points and you can take more damage, or you can equip it as a buff to another attack. Um, vice versa, there's a uh, a move that lets you um, you're essentially invisible to enemies for a few seconds. Um, there's you equip that to like a bomb function, and it makes it so other enemies can't perceive you for like a like two or three seconds. So uh, wow. it's. Yeah, I mean that is probably the coolest element I've ever seen in an RPG. And that was just, on the Steam sale as well, and I didn't get it. <laughs> the I Steam sale will kill your wallet. It'll um, be up again. Yeah, come around next time. And the other cool thing about it is that um, some of the functions the weapon gains 
are story based. Like you, you, um, like you gain a certain ability when you find like a body or something, and um, you have three slots to the information section of of an, of an ability. If you equip it to like your armor, essentially, it unlocks a section of the bio of, of a certain character. If you equip it to your to a weapon buff, it unlocks another section of the bio. So it like it, it so it's it's a story element that encourages you to mix and match your attacks. That's good. Which is really cool. So I'm 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 loving it. I'm it's hard not to just sit there and listen to the music though, because the music is fantastic. Are there any other games you're currently in? Um I have a, I have a large. I'm always playing like five games at the same time, so I think that's it for now. I mean, because two point five is technically two games and one. So. He, he mentioned on his DS, and I I feel like I, I should shout out now. Anytime there's a Orlando Gay Geeks event, bring your two DS, three DS, yes, to it. We get you get street passes. We play games. It's fun. In, uh, in fact, we have started, or at least tried to continue the tradition of playing our 3DSs at Parliament House, uh, which, if you do not know, is a rather large local Orlando gay resort uh, with several bars and a dance floor and all that. And, you know, we are occasionally looked at oddly, I think, when when we pull them out. But with our little group together, there's safety in numbers. And I certainly (laughs) feel less uncomfortable. See, I've noticed that, and it makes me jealous because I'm like, I left my DS at home. Well, (laughs) now now I know. No, I mean honestly, uh, I've started bringing it pretty much to every uh, you know Pat's game night. Uh, my uh, some couple other friends of ours will go when there's like a Bears night out. We'll make sure we bring it, and you know even if we don't play, we do the street pass thing. But yeah, um, you never know. He you never know. Um, on that on the on that platform, mm-hmm. I wanted to mention uh, Bravely Default is one that takes some time and it, but is a great one. And um, the Final Fantasy, uh, it's like. Theatra something. I don't oh, remember. Theat Rhythm. Yeah, that's it. Theater Rhythm. Yep. I've heard it. I've been thinking about getting that. That's a I, pretty fun one. I have both of them. And, and mainly because I love, I'm a musician. I love video game soundtracks, soundtracks in general. So being able to have like a little music game with the music Final Fantasy. And this new one has all the way up through Final Fantasy 14. And it's uh, my understanding the second one has all the content from the first. So if you're going to jump in, you can just go right to the second? I think so. I, I haven't compared the lists. And certainly, like, the fight song from X game is obviously going to be in both. But um, it's a fun, it's, it's, it's a music game. So you're sitting there pressing buttons or using your stylus and holding it down or moving it in a certain direction that, you know, in the rhythm. And it, it's fun. And you just get to watch these little fights. And depending on how you do rhythmically, it will affect how you how far you get and all that stuff. So, I mean, if you're a Final Fantasy character or a fan and or you just like music games, uh, it's great. It's a fun little them. game. Uh. Yeah, I have so many. I've I've just about every copy of Guitar Hero Rock Band. I actually have Parappa. Frequency and Amplitude. Oh, Parappa. Parappa the Rapper, yeah. Samba de Amigo. Oh, Samba! Okay. I have that one. The little shakers. <laughs> uh, anybody ever play Vib Ribbon? Do you remember Vib Ribbon? That was one. I think that it was sort of obscure, but it was one of the very first of the sort of Bimani Bimani. I think that's what the Japanese uh, group was that did the the early early games. Um, but you had like this, this crazy rhythm or, you know, uh, it's like electronic Japanese music and you had like this like very simple graphics and you'd be kind of going along 
and you'd have to react at certain points and the music would change. And it was very impressive musically and gameplay-wise, if not graphically. The podcast suffers from not getting Brian's hand gestures oh, yeah. through that whole oh, explanation. Yeah. I, I did do a little reenactment <laughs> of the other rap. But if you look up like Vib he, Ribbon... Like he was conducting. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, it's been a while. If you look up Vib Ribbon on YouTube, you'll see great stories. There's a couple of fun... It's a platform we haven't even mentioned, but uh, iPhone apps and Android apps that play along that too because you can touch the screen and follow mm-hmm. the line and the interface is super simple but the music rhythm is fun I actually glad you mentioned uh, those platforms because uh, Pat who unfortunately uh, found a better use of his uh, time to wrangle the dog away from our cables uh, actually is a huge uh, casual gamer fan of the Doctor Who legacy game and it's funny because I had started playing it and it, it basically, if you haven't seen it and you're not a Doctor Who fan, you're not going to want to play it because it's just another um, bejeweled clone, basically. Mm. But what's fun and what's addictive is you get little bits of story. And when the new season, the last season was airing, right after the episode would come out, you would get a level about that episode. What? And you could then get characters from that have been introduced in those episodes. They have just managed to sustain this now for, I think, at least two years. Um, in Gosh. fact, there's there's so much content that Pat, who's been playing it for a while, just finished the new content that's out there. So now he's frustrated because you know, they, <laughs> they do the these end. like fan levels, but they're really hard. And like you can still go back and collect other things. And there's lots of like, outfits for the doctor. And you can and level companions. up your companions. And oh, stuff, yes. Right? Oh, yeah. yes. And <laughs> you don't level up the doctor. He, level 40 Donna. Basically, Aww. I actually don't I think that if it's in the mythos, it's in this game. Well, I, so I have much given so a try. that they have an advent like days before Christmas thing, and they actually had characters from uh, like novelizations and from comic oh, wow. books. The, the recent like Titan comic books, Doctor Who series. They are not playing around. Yeah, no, they're digging deep. So, um, and, and Captain doing, Jack and Yanto and all of the uh, Torchwood folk. Jack, definitely. I don't know if. You, Maybe Yanto. I haven't seen any of the other ones, but I would I would not be surprised. If you're a subscriber of Loot Crate, a while maybe three or four months back, they put out a promo code for that that gave you all the doctors as an unlock. I must so. have joined Loot Crate right after. Yeah, I did not that's what that. got me to that game. And uh, kudos to Loot Crate for throwing in game keys every once well, in a while. Oh, one they of the, they well, know exactly what they're... One of the Loot likes. Crate ones that I thought was amazing was um, a Street Fighter Four Alpha. Is that what it was? It's like a whole game, and it's like yeah, a twenty dollars Steam twenty dollars yep. credit, and, it, and it's a fun, still a fun game. I mean, be sure to check out the Flame On website oh. for Brian's referral code. We'll give you those if anybody's looking into it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, I know at least one or two people who work for Loot Crate, so I don't know how much they advertise. We should hit oh. them up. Yeah, right. <laughs> or that was that wasn't a plug. We just brought it up. But it's funny. <laughs> And I'm gonna just uh, well I'll save aside. No, I, no one's done like a gay geeky like version of Loot Crate <laughs> business opportunity. <laughs> but I'm I'm wondering what <laughs> would go in that. Like, I don't know, but I mean, you could you could mix it up and do like geeky Same stuff. Mono- um, the Monopoly man's like gay nephew and his uh, husband holding hands. Game piece. <laughs> okay. Like we have friends who do geeky T-shirts. I mean, you know, there, there could be a combination of things. Anyway. Sorry, we're just we're just completely off the rails at this point. Yeah, uh, let's bring it back to gaming. Uh, we did want to talk a little about board gaming. Um, of course, gay board games. There are a few out there, and I probably played at least one of them. Uh, the one that I will mention is not a board game, but it is a game. It's top to bottoms. Has anybody ever played this? <laughs> this is uh, Cards Against Humanity for the gay community. I had not even heard of it. It is just as offensive and wrong, but. 
if you're more squeamish and this I need this in my life. It's a lot of fun. It came out about a year ago. I bought I it. it. We've we've brought it to game night on occasion. We did like a Cards Against Humanity thing, and then we brought that in and did that. And I mean, you know, it's it's exactly what you expect. But um, that's that's the only really which board. is a Cards Against Humanity card. Which exactly what you did. Oh, I, oh, nice. <laughs> oh. See, I never remember the names until I read them. And I'm like, oh yeah, bigger blacker dick. <laughs> I don't think that there Blackster. are that many games that are specifically for the gay community. But I will say that whether it's just an enlightened audience or you know people who are competitive, there are a lot of gay board game groups. Uh, that's what yeah. gay geeks in Orlando grew out of. Uh, when I was in New Orleans earlier this year, the Crescent City Gamers are a great group. If you're in that city, just look up, look them up on Facebook. Uh, a gay game night seems to be happening in most cities these days. Yeah, and I, I we're uh, tying it back to Orlando Gay Geeks. We are actively trying to get more events going, and Austin actually took the lead on the group and was sort of rallying the cry for a, a, a game night, yeah. which I mean, we were talking at different game night, but um, about Battlestar and how I've had this copy of Battlestar Galactica, the board game now for about four or five months and oh just can't get anyone to sit down and play. Oh, it's such a good game. And Rosalind. everybody <laughs> tells me and I really, really want to do it. So I think that that'll be like top of the list. Um, of course, another go-to would be like Settlers of Catan. I have the Star Trek version, which I actually picked up from Target. Target had that for a long time on clearance. It was like 50% off. And one day I was like, you know what? Screw it. I may not play it forever, but I'm going to buy it. And I love it. I love Catan. Kind of going back to the uh, the gay board games, it's not really gay, and it's actually uh-huh. pretty like misogynistic. Uh-oh. But there's a game called Ladies and Gentlemen. Has okay. anyone here played that? No. no. Uh, it's a team game. It's a co-op game, like a bunch of teams of two, obviously. And one person plays the man, and one person plays the female. Okay. And oh, how the game works is kind of in phases per round. So the guys will play the stock market, and they'll make deals and, continue, and uh, fulfill contracts. And then the ladies will go into stores and pick out outfits. And at the end of the game, how whoever wins is basically if the men have enough money to pay for the woman's outfits, whoever has the nicest outfit wins. Wow. And <laughs> so playing that with a bunch of gay males is probably one of my favorite things to do. Uh, I came from the SF gamer community, and that was one thing we would all do because some would even bring props. So they have tiaras <laughs> and earrings. Like oh, the, that's the best. My Pretty Princess board game that used to be out there or whatever that was. And uh, it led to very many good role-playing sessions with this game. Hmm. I think that is top of the list. I think Battlestar and that, like, between the two. That sounds amazing. Done. A lot of Southern Bells in there. It was wonderful. Oh, my God. See, now, I have never gotten that into the gaming that I've done where it got to, like, that cosplay or not cosplay, but, you know, know, breaking out the wigs. Breaking out (laughs) the wigs. Thank you. That sounds amazing, though. It's so funny too because like hearing you guys talk about board games, I'm like, I'm like, oh this, oh yeah, I like a couple board games. I play like the Call of Cthulhu board game. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, that one, that's a great uh, one too. Uh, was Arkham Horror. Ar- Arkham yeah. Horror. Arkham is Horror is four a to eight hour game. It yeah, is. And I played with uh, some friends of mine up in Tallahassee, and we played. I think it, he, he, they had all the expansions, every single one of them. And it was it it was about a six hour game, yeah. but it was so fun. And it's just like, but I'm but like you know, like you're like, oh, Mister and Mrs. And then you're like, well, Battlestar, Star Galactica, same company like, makes that, and that's that can be like a four to six hour game. Oh wow, because 
Yeah. yeah, I don't know if Battlestar goes quite so long, but it's certainly as engaging. It, if, you it, two, it, if you have the two expansion packs for it, it goes very long. Because you have people playing humans or Cylons, and then the secret Cylons, and they're revealed. And it, it's a long process. But yeah, I've heard Arkham is a lot oh, of fun, Arkham, too. Arkham Horror is like fantastic. If you enjoy being a Cylon, as I do... Uh, another fun game out there is The Resistance. It's very popular. Or the reskin of Avalon uh, by Indie Boards and Games, I think. Indie Cards and Games is the company publishing that one. Okay. That one's really popular. Um, where some people of the part in the party are spies that are secretly trying to sabotage. And uh, others are trying to successfully be the resistance against the, the power. And sab- they're trying to take down the authority and the spies are trying to sabotage the sabotage missions it's a pretty fun party game uh one that always gets brought out at our board game nights is seven wonders if that one you build um uh, Stevie civilization no. no 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 you build up your civilization civilization <laughs> and fight with your neighbors but it's Simultaneous play, everyone picks a card and then uh-huh. reveals it at the same time, so oh, you're okay. never out of the action. Oh, and I think cool. that that's a definite theme to modern board games, this yeah. board game renaissance. Have you ever played uh, Power Grid? Is that right? Oh, yeah. That. You oh, hate you it? hate it? <laughs> I did not like it. Nobody, I, I know a couple people that play Power Grid. I, I enjoyed that. Thing. Power Grid's fun. It's got a couple boards where of different cities, but right. you're, you're trying to establish your your infrastructure of a power grid network in the areas of a city but other players can encroach at a more at a more expensive cost right yeah, yeah that's a very good strategy game they did a power grid first sparks game that cuts down on the play time a bit but mm. keeps kind of the theming except now you're um set your your early humans who are having to hunt for food with spears and go after mammoths and it's a it's a first sparks of civilization but it's a oh i got our grid type game that's a good entry one if you're if you're wanting something a little simpler than the full on power grid experience Hmm. any uh board games that are uh go-tos not really we play a lot of cards against humanity but like Anything longer than that, I, I'm not allowed because I get too competitive. Oh, one yeah. of those. So if it's, like one time we <laughs> fucked up and played Monopoly. Oh, boy. Oh, no. See, that's a, that would probably be a good disclaimer. Like, it's probably a good idea to play board games with, multi, like, maybe another couple or another a large group of people because sometimes Monopoly can be relationship ending. That's not, yeah. like, yeah, no. By the end of Monopoly, I'm ready to cut somebody. <laughs> Well, because it's such a painful experience after a certain point. You're just yeah. like, oh, my God, how much longer will this go? <laughs> and, and you get the same way about Sellers of Catan, though, if you get really yes. into it. Yeah, actually, I've oh had that sort of go that way. <laughs> and don't play Diplomacy with your friends. That game is set up for betrayal. <laughs> but a faster option that's really popular these days is the Game of Thrones board game, where oh, you play good? Lannister or Baratheon stark houses mm-hmm. and fight over territory on that world that's a pretty fun one i'd like to try that one i'm a big game of thrones fan i've i've actually been uh i've been enjoying uh it's not really a, i guess it wouldn't really be a board game it's more kind of like uh, it's um it's flux if anybody's played that flux is a great one i love flux have you played the board game version no i didn't realize there was a board game version. there is and it's very interesting uh-huh. Uh, the owners actually of that game actually came to Gamer X two years ago, mm-hmm. and so they're really big. They're very invested in the Gamer X uh, con that happened over in San Francisco, and they were really? all really friendly. Yeah, I basically hung out with I forget her name, but she was the, one of the co-creators. And okay, yeah, we had a good time. So uh, let's tangent off real quick. 
So you know Matt Con yep. from Game Rex. Um, you've been to both the two? or No, I only went to the one before last year, so 2013. Okay. Because uh, we interviewed Matt a uh, year. It was around the time of the first one. And uh, I saw him. He was actually at New York Comic Con doing a panel. And we we're talking about how he's reviving Gamer X. Because the biggest problem was uh, it's was, it was set in the heart of San Francisco, which isn't cheap. And the show ran on some tight margins. It wasn't a very big show. I mean, you know, in terms of cons, if your experiences are the larger comic cons and you go to this, you're going to be a little disappointed because it's a niche con. It's a gay gamer con, which crossed over into other things. I mean, I know they had some comic book stuff, some other stuff. But uh, the, the big thing they're trying is that you're going to move it to San Jose now. Yeah, it's going to help them save money. And it's oh. also a very interesting place to have it, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, not every, not every gay gamer lives in San Francisco. Like, the group that that, that area has is the SF Gamers. Uh-huh. But a ton of people live on the peninsula. So I think it's really going to help with also congestion. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it was a really good one in 2013. Uh, it was There was a lot of space for board games, at least. Not a lot of people took up that area until the tabletop took over one room. But, uh, yeah. like, my friends and I, we actually made a kind of grassroots Yu-Gi-Oh! tournament we had. Because I was nice. obsessed with that oh for a while. Gosh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Love Yu-Gi-Oh! Me. I can't play Magic, but I can play Yu-Gi-Oh! all That's day. That's so funny, because <laughs> I've tried Magic, and I had a Yu-Gi-Oh! deck. And you're right. Yu-Gi-Oh! is far more, like, it, it just worked better for me. So many traps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> really but yeah, it was card. really good. Uh, like, we had a huge group for, like, the Avalon game there, and that was a ton of fun. Uh, they had a lot of, like, retro consoles, which did apparently very well in their room. They had a lot of guest speakers, and I wasn't able to make it out, out to that, but I did make tons of friends from all around the area just by going to it. So it was really fun. Yeah, I, I am very proud of Matt for sticking with it because it is such a hard thing to break into and then to continue and sustain and I mean, crazy. admittedly, he, he has his own share of crazy drama on stuff that he goes out and kind of like freaks out publicly <laughs> and kind of comes back. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, by the way, we're still doing it. There needs to be like a filter on Twitter for him. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but we love Matt. He's a great guy. Um, Good guy. So uh, we didn't really touch too much on MMOs and it just popped up in my head. And I, I don't know if we want to close out with this, but certainly you, you mentioned uh, old or, uh, World, of, World of Warcraft. Yep. Uh, I had been playing that for a while. I also played Lord of the Rings online, but my favorite has got to be Old Republic. And we've talked about this in the shows. So I'm not going to belabor it, but I was actually in a, a role playing guild nice. that did do role playing occasionally on the on, in the game, and that was my first experience having any role playing whatever in the game. Not to mention hilarious. Yeah, I, I'll have to refer back in the notes somewhere to the episode where I describe what happens, but um. It it, it 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 was a singular moment in my gaming career. I think uh, uh, since then I have actually met some of the rough trade gamers there as a group on Facebook. I don't know if anyone else yeah. is. Yep. Uh, they had a meetup at uh, DragonCon oh. that we went to and and talked to some of the guys up there and a lot of nice people, a lot of interesting, crazy people, but a lot of nice people. <laughs> um, so that's my guilty pleasure, I guess, because I think of MMOs as guilty pleasures because they're a life suck, you know. But um, older public's mine. Um, BJ, have you played any? Uh, I have never played an MMO. Um, that by choice because you know their life it, sucks. Or? I, I I don't know. It's a combination of things because when World of Warcraft first came out and all my friends were like super excited about it, I was like, "Well, what's it about?" And they were like, "Well, have you played Warcraft one? No. Two? No. Three? No." And they're like, "Ah," uh. and it's that pause where they're like, "Huh?" I'm like, "Okay, well, How I'm do not I relate going- this to you." <laughs> exactly. Um, I've played like some Diablo with people online. I've played Borderlands with people online. Um, 
uh, I have recently been given giving thought to playing Final Fantasy fourteen. I've heard um, many good things about that. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Since I've, they did the relaunch. Yeah, the reboot. Yeah, the reboot. <laughs> um, I've um, watched a couple of friends play it and everything. I just, because it's a life suck and I have a bad habit of, like, you know, buying, like, six games at the same time, I'm thinking it's something that I'll just kind of put by the wayside. And on that rare occasion that there's a year where nothing comes out that I really, really want to get first day... Um, I'll probably take that money and put it towards a prescription. Uh, prescription. Subscription. Yeah. <laughs> prescription. I, I'll say my guilty pleasure subscription MMO is EVE Online. Oh, the space my game. Lord. And I'm only still in that because I can now earn in-game money to pay for my subscription without having to pay real oh, money for see, it. Can't I didn't you know lose that. in-game money, too? You can. Like you have to be very... It's, it's the most unforgiving MMO I've ever played. I, the first time I played EVE... Because I love space sci-fi. That's huge. So that they, there's a sci-fi space thing that you can fly your own ships and all this stuff. Like there was an old game back to the good old games thing called Privateer. That sort of reminded me a little bit of like what they were trying to do. Much simpler. So I start playing it and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to take my ship and I fly it out. And then I'm like, so how long is this going to take to get from the space station to the whatever? And I look and I, I think it told me, but I don't know. I was like, what, are you kidding me? 25 minutes of real time to fly there? What kind of <laughs> bullshit is this? Like, I'm used to an MMO where you gotta run. You know, you gotta run. But you're running in a world, there's things to look at. You in space is just open space. System after system. You can go have a cup of coffee. It's Wind Waker in space. But Wind Waker, at least, it's pretty. I mean, you know, Wind Waker, there's some stuff to do. The Void. I, I Drives men insane. After that, it did not last long. Yeah, it's definitely not for everybody. It's famously called Spreadsheets in Space because it's all about numbers and calculations. But I think that's cool because there's a degree of verisimilitude that, like, you know, real, if you had real space commerce... That's like giving you a very good experience that is like what that would be. Yeah, and so, the combat is like none other because yeah. you are so invested in what you're risking out there in space. Oh, that's so. true. Yeah, you can't just respawn your ship, right? You got to no. start back from the rust bucket to uh, whatever. Yep, you oh. you only fly what you're willing to lose. That's the number one rule of you. That is kind of a cool thing. Uh, Adam, have you uh, dipped into not that? sensitive heroes? Um, oh, that's wow. right. You, we talked about this. I, you, you got pretty deep into City of Heroes, right? Did you do City of Villains as well? I did City of Villains, yeah. Oh. I started playing when that came out. Those are so much fun. Yeah, it was fun. I'd like to see something like that again. I mean, it um, was the first superhero MMO before Marvel and DC did what they did. And it really set the tone, I think, for what DC did, at least, with their MMO. Marvel is a little different. Yeah. yeah. Marvel's more like a, like the League of Legends-y sort of kind of thing. But... Um, what were your character names? Do you remember any of them? Oh, don't make me. <laughs> you got a, you, know, you had a really good one from what I remember. I have to hear I them got now. One. I I remember my first character. His name was um, etc. etc. <laughs> I had the Rook. The Rook. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I was Queen Titania. Nice Titania. <laughs> however you want to say it. Titania. Um, and he was a, a boy. But festooned in pink all over. It was like the gayest character I've ever, ever created. And I was so proud of it. And then when Villains came out, I actually made a backstory sort of like his ex-boyfriend, King Oberon. And he was like a muscly sort of, you know, daddy type. And I had this whole story and it was just, it was ridiculous. And that's one of the reasons, I mean, obviously we we love comics and heroes, but, Mm -hmm. you know, we were free to 
self-express however you wanted in those games. Mm-hmm. So exactly. hats off to those games. Now, I, I know there's an MMO. I can't remember the name of it. It's like called it's like Secret Order or the Secret, Secret World. World. Yeah. And yeah, that one actually takes that. place like um, modern times. And there's a lot of mystery solving. And there's an actual in-game browser where you have to research like really? certain things in game. Oh yeah, it take, but it takes place in modern times. As that was, but it's like a heavy mythology though. Yeah, it's got like a whole mythology thing. In so, it. but it's but it's a it's a complete in game experience. So you, it's not like an augmented reality game or anything. Well, they tried AR. But do they? Yeah, yeah the AR was actually built up a lot prior to that. Okay, um, but that one is free to play now. I believe. No, sure. yeah, it's a one time. Subscription fee. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just purchased yeah. Guild Wars cell. Huh. And you were just mentioning Marvel Heroes and DC to, Online are both free to, free play, to play now. Uh, Lord of the Rings, or well, I don't know, but Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings Online is, yeah. Uh, Old Republic is also free to play. Yeah. Like, pretty much the model has been determined to be. Does, does World of Warcraft, they have a free to play. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh, no, but I think don't. you get a free trial for 21 days or something yeah, like that. And so they have like still a, not caved to that model. No, right? and they don't have to. Yeah. Don't have neither to. has Final Fantasy XIV. I'm pretty sure that's still a subscription. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but if you are going to jump by. in, any of those, the Marvel Heroes is a click adventure. You get to play the different characters. You pick one of your heroes to start with. Hmm. DC Online is pretty fun. DC is more like... Because you make your own character and then you interact as like sort of NPCs. The problem I have with Marvel, as much as I really wanted to like it, you could play as Storm. You could play as Jean Grey. Great. There's a hundred other Jean Greys and Storms running around, and it's yeah. Stupid. If they just would instance it so you don't see your own character right, all the time. Exactly. That, is, yeah, that is one of the biggest breaking factors. I, I kind just, of awkward when you're like, oh, I'm Jean Grey, and it's just like, Jean, go talk to Jean. You could have even like, done like a multiverse kind of angle on it. Like make every you can only have in your little instance, or your own little server, only have so many versions, or make up your own random version of that character you know one thing that is really fun in that game though is characters with backstory will comment to each other if someone playing that character walks in you know like uh, uh, Captain America being my favorite he'll make a Carol Danvers reference if she runs by or yeah, yeah it's just super oh, that's awesome. neat. yeah it, it is it is a little like watching your own little Marvel hero thing play out which is kind of cool but um uh yeah, I guess uh, that's almost all we've got. Uh, I do want to, again, remind you guys, if you are in the Orlando area or you just want to keep up with us gay geeks in Orlando, we're on Facebook, Orlando Gay Geeks. It's a closed group, but if you um, look for it, you'll probably find it and we can approve you or, or what have you. We have a lot of events coming up this year. We're actually trying to like lay out a really full calendar of both reg- regular recurring things as we decide to do, like, like a game night or what have you. But we also want to do like exciting uh, you know, events like one-off events themed around either a video game or a you know a comic book or or some kind of part of the community, and then you know just just have a big party and and do some really cool interactions and and get 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 both the gay scene that's at the bars maybe interested in stuff that they've probably not done in a while that are sort sort of geeky, but also cross over and maybe bring some of that to the uh, the bar community. So. Trying to kind of plan that right now, but if you if you if you join the Atlanta Gay Geek Group, you will find out all about what we're doing. So thank you guys so much for uh, for joining us today. Really appreciate it. That was really fun. Thank you. Absolutely. Pop my um pop my podcast cherry. It's were we gentle? Eh, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, had worse. I've had worse. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard worse. <laughs> all right, that's it. Uh, flame off. 
Thanks for listening to Flame On, a podcast made possible by Powder Milk Biscuits, the ones in the blue box, a comic shop, and the generous support of tops and bottoms like you. If you want to be one of our sugar daddies, you can help out by telling a cute single friend about us, reviewing us on iTunes, or putting some dollars down our digital G-string in our monthly support drive. For more ridiculously entertaining and socially enlightening episodes of Flame On, as well as other fine programs, head on over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to Flame On and all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via iTunes. And be sure to find us on Twitter at Flame On Podcast or Facebook on our Flame On fan page. And make sure to check out flameonshow.com for more nerdy queer in your ear. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. <laughs> 